Well, today we are wrapping up our series that we've called Fighting For. And what we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks, we've been learning how that we can fight for our families. Moving from fighting in our families to begin fighting for our families. And today we are going to talk about how can we fight for our kids. And I have, I have three kids and I have people say this to me all the time. How many of you have ever heard this? Maybe, maybe you have kids, grandkids or something like that. Maybe somebody said this to you. You've, you've heard this. Finish, it, finish this if you've heard this before. Somebody looks at your kids or a picture of them or something like that and they say, oh my goodness, they grow up so fast, right? They grow up so fast. I hate that new feature. I hate that feature on Facebook where it shows you a memory. You know where Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg thought it was a good idea if I get on Facebook. He shows me pictures of my kids from three years ago and then I start to weep and cry like a baby. Snots everywhere. I hate Facebook. Um, right? Because they grow up so fast. And here's what I want you to know. I need you to know that's true. I mean, maybe you're sitting there as, as a parent, grandparent, guardian, whatever, and you're thinking, oh, you know what, we got time, we, we can do that next week, we can have that conversation later on. But I, I want you to know that actually the most valuable and precious resource that you have as a parent, as a grandparent, a, a guardian, somebody that's going to influence the next generation, the most valuable resource you have is time. In fact, I want to show it to you. I, th- I, think you'll, I think you'll use time differently. You can visualize it. And so I got a jar of pennies here. Um, and maybe you're wondering, why do you have a jar of pennies? Uh, it's because this was last week's offering. Um, <clears throat> it's sort, sort of a joke. Um, and, and so uh, I got 936 pennies in that jar. 936. Reason I have 936 pennies in a jar on stage with me today is because from the time a child is born to when they graduate high school, the age of 18, there's 936 weeks. Think about that for a second. 936 weeks. So every penny in this jar, maybe you want to start doing this at at your house. Keep a jar of pennies there available, and every time a week passes, you just take a penny out. There's another week, there's another week, there's another week. And here's the thing. You know, you don't get the pennies back. I mean, every single week, hours, minutes, months, when the penny comes out, the penny never goes back in the jar because every single penny represents time. And time is the most valuable resource that you have as a parent, as a grandparent, somebody who has the opportunity to influence the next generation. And so what I want to do in just a few minutes that we've got left today, I want us to know how God would want you and I to use those 936 weeks. I want us to see what God's vision is for those 936 weeks. And yeah, there's more time, but I'm talking about a direct time of of influence from birth to graduating high school, 936 weeks. Weeks. I want us to see how God would want us to use that time. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm going to read to us verses 4 through 7. Okay, They're going to be on the screen behind me here in just a moment. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up. And if you've got a Bible on your phone, turn that on or whatever. But I'm going to read these verses. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 4 uh, <clears throat> excuse me, four through nine. Four through nine. Deuteronomy six, four through nine. Here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart 
and with all your soul and with all your might. Hey, if you've got a Bible, actually a physical copy of the Bible there in your lap or maybe on your phone, you should highlight every time God says you're there. Your heart, your soul, your might, you, uh, and these words, verse 6, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as, as a sign on your hand, and there shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. See, this is one of the most important passages in the life of Israel because if there was anything that set apart the spiritual community, the nation of Israel from all the other surrounding nations, polytheism, the worship of many different gods, that was, that was all over. That was in every single people group, every single nation except for the people of Israel. One of the things that set Israel apart is that Israel was a people that worshiped one God. And that one God had stepped in, and that one God had rescued them from slavery. God raised up Moses. He'd rescued them from slavery. He'd set them free. And so God is speaking to this entire community of people. God is speaking to this entire community, just like, just like I'm talking to this entire church right now. Or maybe you couldn't be here today, and you're watching me on video, or you're listening to the podcast. Just like I'm talking to the entire church. And God wants us to know that we all have this massive opportunity to influence the next generation, and so maybe, you, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, listen, I'm not a parent, grandparent, or anything like that, so you've kind of checked out already mentally from this sermon. No, no, listen, I want our entire church to lean in because I'm convinced this is one of the most important things we could talk about as a church. Let me tell you why. Did you know 80%, 80% of first-time decisions for Christ are made between the ages of 4 to 14 years old? What that means is this, 80% of the 80% of decisions that are made when somebody gets saved, 80% of those decisions that somebody makes when they give their heart to Jesus for the very first time, 80% of first-time decisions for Jesus happen between the ages of 4 to 14. Now, now that didn't happen to me. I, I, I didn't grow up in church. I, I became a Christian when I was 18 years old. But is there anybody, just by raising your hand, you'd say, yeah, that's me. I got saved in that window between 4 to 14. There, all these. Look at, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Put your hands up real high. Let me see them. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and put your hands down. You see that? Hey, I just want to say, as the pastor of this church, I want to lay my cards on the table. There is nothing more important we do as a church than what we do for kids and teenagers. Period. Period. There is nothing more important than that. There is, now we get, now just like you saw, we give to a lot. But if I put one thing on the top of my list, it's what we do, honestly, above everything. For kids and for teenagers, here's why. And this is why God is talking to the entire community of Israel. You need to know this. Christianity is always one generation away from being lost. Always. If you assume that I'm telling the next generation and I assume that you're telling the next generation and neither of us are telling the next generation, you know what happens? When we die, Christianity goes with us. So God is saying, listen, you need to make sure you are intentional about using those 936 weeks to pass on the baton of faith. Listen, they can accept it, they can reject it, that's on them, but you better make sure that you leverage that influence. So God's talking to all of Israel just like we're talking to all the church today, but right in God's crosshairs are parents, grandparents, guardians. And listen, if that's you, lean in for a second because God in this passage is painting a picture that God calls every parent to be the primary spiritual influence of your children. God calls every parent 
to be the primary spiritual influence in the life of your sons and your daughters. Grandparents, that's for you too. Guardians, that's for you too. You're to be the primary spiritual influence in the life of your kids. Say, well, I thought that's what the church is for. That's why I drop them off for an hour every single week. No, no, no. The church is supposed to come alongside of you, but the primary spiritual influence is you. And see, a lot of people freak out when they hear that. A lot of times we hear that, we think, oh my gosh, that freaks me out. I don't know if I can do that. That's a calling that I don't know if I can handle. And I just want to encourage you today because the confidence in that calling is the same confidence we've got in every single thing that God calls us to. The confidence for any calling that God places in our lives isn't in us, it's in the one who called us, right? Our confidence is in God, not in our ability to influence people. Our confidence is in the one who calls us, and the one who calls us is faithful, and he will do it. So don't run away from this calling. I want you to lean into this calling as the primary spiritual influence of your kids, your grandkids, of the next generation, So I want to encourage you today, and I just want to say two things really quickly to encourage you to lean into that calling. You know what? I'm going to be the primary spiritual leader starting right now. I'm going to be the primary spiritual influence for the kids under my roof, or if there are none, I'm going to to leverage my life to pass on the faith to the next generation. So I want to encourage you in that calling, and I just want to say two things really quickly, then I'm going to let you go to Applebee's, all right, because I'm a nice guy. First thing I want you to know today, first thing I want to encourage you with is you can talk to your kids about God. You can. You can talk to your kids about God. Did you know that? I have people tell me sometimes, people will come to me, Mark, my kids are asking questions about God. Will you answer them? Mark, my kid wants to get saved. Will you talk to them? And here's what I say. And, and, and sometimes I talk to those kids. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I step in. But here's what I say a lot of times. I try to say a lot of times. I say, I say you know what? I could. I could do that. But But I think deep down, you don't want me to steal from you the opportunity for you to lead your kids to Jesus. So so I might give them something to say, but but I want them to experience that blessing of being used by God in their kids' lives. So listen, parents, grandparents, no matter who you are today, you can talk to your kids about God. You don't need a seminary degree to talk to somebody about God. Did you know that? I have people tell me all the time, one of the reasons they don't invite people to church or they don't don't tell people about their faith is because they're afraid that somebody's going to ask them a question they don't know. And so they're trying to get all the questions answered and then they'll talk. And listen, if that's you, you'll never say anything because you'll never get all the questions answered. You just need to start telling somebody. You just need to start talking. You can talk to your kids about God. Well, what if they ask me questions I don't know? Listen, I guarantee you they will ask questions you don't know the answer to. I guarantee you they will. I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago as I was getting ready for this morning and I thought of some questions that my kids asked me. Here in the past couple of months, my kids have asked me, Dad, are we gonna play video games in heaven? I don't know. Dad, are are there animals in heaven? I don't know, but if there's dinosaurs, I get one. That's what I said. Uh, Number three, Dad, are we gonna eat in heaven? Yes, pizza all the time. Pizza forever with Jesus. It'll be amazing. I don't know the, I, I don't know. I can guarantee you, your kids are going to ask you questions you don't know the answer to. Listen, when God tells Israel, listen, I want you to talk about this with your kids. I want you to talk about this as you're hanging out with your children, as you go by the way. I want you to make me a daily reality in your life. Listen, those Israelites did not know all of the ins and outs, uh, ins and outs rather, of theology. The only thing that they knew is that they used to be a slave and now they're free. 
And they could talk about that. And I want, you to, I want you to know today, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you know what it's like to be a slave and Jesus has set you free. Somebody say amen. You know what it's like. Listen, listen. If you are a follower of Jesus, you know what it's like to be scared and you don't know if it's going to work out. And then God made a way. Right? You can talk about that. You can talk about how God took care of you when you thought it was over. You can talk about how God, God answered that prayer. Yeah, you don't know all the questions, but here's what I promise you, parents. If you will say yes to this calling, I promise you when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit of God will give you the words to say. I promise you he will. You can talk to your kids about God. When you get your kids from Summit Kids this morning, if they're back there, say, what'd you learn? If they say nothing, let me know. Right? You can talk to your kids about God. Here's number two, number two. Last thing this morning. I, want to, I just want to encourage you this. You can show your kids what it's like to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter if your kids are eight months or if they're 18 years old. You can show your kids what it's like to follow Jesus. Well, I'm not perfect. They don't want you to be. They don't want you to be. And listen, if you try to be perfect, they'll smell it a mile away and they'll just write the whole God thing off. So you just be you. And I could say all kinds of things about what you can do to show your kids what it's like to follow Jesus. But can I give you, in my personal experience, of being a parent, the best way to show your kids what it's like to follow Jesus? The best way to show your kids what it's like to follow Jesus is when you sin against your kids, ask them to forgive you. Let me say that one more time. The best way to show your kids what it's like to follow Jesus is when you sin against your kids, ask your kids to forgive you. See, because to follow Jesus means we deal with sin, right? We deal with the junk in our lives. I'm not going to hold it. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to confess it. God, I'm sorry I did that. That's a sin. That's vertical. When I sin against other people, I need to ask them to forgive me as well. When I sin against my kids, I'm not going to say, listen, I'm 38, tough cookies. No, no, no. If I want to show my kids what it's like to follow Jesus, when I sin against my kids, confess it to them and ask them to forgive me. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. My kids, uh, my kids, I got three kids. All of them combined, their spiritual gift is to see how close they can get dad to the edge before he freaks out. And they are gifted at that. Um, and, but honestly, if, if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I got 11-year-old, nine and four-year-old. If I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I can talk to my kids constantly in a tone that seems to indicate that I am always mad at them, upset at them, and they are a disappointment to me. Do you know what I mean? For the love of God, will somebody say, I know what you mean, just to let me feel good? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, 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 right there, I almost quit this church, right there. Right there, I was like, oh, I, I hate this church, oh gosh. So, that's good, thanks. Um, I, I do, you know, and if I'm not careful, I can do that. Now, if you get out of here and say, well, Pastor, at Summit said he beats his kids, I will beat you. All right? That's not what I said today, but, but that's a deal for me. And that's sin, that is sin, man. And, and sometimes, that, a lot of times, honestly, that comes out with my kids. And one night, my daughter Cassidy, she did something, and I don't even remember what, what she did. Uh, it was a couple months ago. I don't even remember what she did. It really wasn't anything at all uh, that mattered, to be honest. And man, I just lost it uh, for no reason. I just lost it. And I said stuff, and I yelled, and, you know, you know, and it was awful. And she, man, it, it hurt her, and she walked away, and it was, it, was, it was not 
a Hall of Fame parenting moment. And um, I always talk to my two kids, Cassie and Seth. We always do, do like a Bible story before we go to bed. And then I uh, kind of tuck in my two older kids. And Elaine's with Chloe, and she's doing some things with her. And so that night, I, I knew that I'd sinned against God. I knew that I'd sinned against God and against Cassidy. And so I just, I, I asked God to forgive me. And God says that when you ask him to, he always forgives. That's good news. And then I just sat in my little girl's bed, and I said, you know what? When I yelled at you earlier, I sinned against you, and that you didn't do anything wrong, and I am so sorry. I really struggle with my attitude sometimes. And she said, you know what? I struggle with my attitude too, and I forgive you. And I said, well, let's pray about it. Let's pray that God would help us, help Daddy with his anger and you, and let's just pray about it. Right now, we prayed about it, and, and I promise you, I promise the room wasn't filled with a choir of angels and you know, or anything like that. We just kind of went about our day. And, and listen, I still struggle with that. She still struggles with that. But it was a moment where, where it was just real clear. Hey, dad is messed up, but he knows Jesus. And man, Jesus forgives and changes. And so we can have this moment where, where we can show our kids what it's like to follow Jesus if we just lean into, there are times when we sin against our kids. And if we confess it to them and they will give forgiveness back, that is a powerful moment, man. It's a powerful moment. But here's what I want to say. I want to say this, and then I'll let you go. I need you to know today that this starts with us. This starts with us. This talking to our kids about God and showing our kids what it's like to follow Jesus. I love what God says because God is so strategic here in Deuteronomy 6. Notice that the first thing he doesn't say is, hey, tell your kids about what I did and tell your kids about how I saved you. No, the first thing God says in verse 5 is you, parents, grandparents, guardians, everybody else, you shall love God with all your heart. Listen, when I say that we're supposed to be the primary spiritual influence for our kids, it doesn't mean that you get everybody together and you preach a 20-minute sermon, somebody sings, and you take an offering. It's not what it means, all right? This stuff is more caught than taught. You know what I mean? So This stuff is more caught than taught. So, so if Jesus is really changing, man, I pray you'd get this. If Jesus is really changing you, then that's going to come out for the people that you live with. And if he's not changing you, that will come out too. It starts with you, parents. It starts with you, dad, and you, mom, and grandparents, guardian. It starts with me. It starts with us. If you want your kids to love God, do you love God? If you want your kids to follow Jesus, do you follow Jesus? If you want your kids to think that church is important, well, do you think church is important? Or do you come to church when you ain't got nothing else to do and you'll miss it when it's cold, you'll miss it when it's sunny, you'll miss it when it rains. If there's weather, you'll miss. Not everybody's laughing. Right? Do you want your kids to be generous and know that life is about more than money and stuff? Well, are you generous? Do you tithe? Amen? It got real tense in a sermon about kids all of a sudden, didn't it? Do you? I want my kids to be generous. Are you a generous person? I want my kids to love other people and to serve other people. Great. Do you serve? It starts with me. It starts with it starts with you. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. The good news is that if you're that that 
that you hear that, oh man, I don't think I'm doing that, I don't think I'm doing that well, I don't know if that's me. The good news is you can start all that today. Today, today, if God's not at the center, you can put him at the center. Today, if you need to confess something to God, you can and he'll forgive. Today, listen, listen. If today, hey, I want generous kids, but you know what I'm not giving? Here's what I challenge you to do. I challenge you to give online this week. I want my kids to serve people, but I'm not serving. I challenge you to flip your connection card over and check the box that says I'm interested in serving. You can start that today. You put God at the center today. And can I just say as, as a point, and then, then I'm going to let you go here. In, 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 in about three minutes, I'm going to let you go, okay? So hang with me. Can I just say as the pastor of this church, just to let you in on my heart and just to let you in on what I've been talking to our team about for the past couple of months, this is something that we have been really talking about as a team. Man, there are so many marriages in this room right now that are hurting and struggling. So many families in this room right now that are struggling. And if I can just share with you something that God is really burdening me with and putting on my heart, it's that we as a church need to do family well. I I don't want to say, hey, the church should partner with you and you don't feel it. I want you at night, I want you when you think about it, I really mean this. I want you when you think about it and you think your family and this church, I want you to think, you know what? My family is stronger because of how my church partners with me. And and so I am laying my cards on the table and asking you to call me out. We've been talking about this for months. You're going to see some changes around here that reflect that. You are. Because this is a big deal. Because in the culture we live in, family is under attack. Family is ridiculed. God cares about family, and so should we. Right? Right? So, I just, I just, give, I just give you, you're going to see changes. You're going to see some stuff in kids. You're going to see some stuff in students. You're going to hear about this in some different ways. We're going to do some things. I'll announce one this morning. Here, here's this. I want to announce something this morning called Marriage Forward. We're having a big, massive marriage event, August 26th, 27th at Buckhorn Lake. This is not a marriage retreat. You know why? Because retreat means we're running away. Retreat means we're heading to the woods and we're hiding. We don't hide at Summit Church. We are moving forward in Summit Church. And so we are not having a marriage retreat. I don't ever want to hear those words in this church. We are having a marriage forward in this church. Why? Because in those two days, we are going to help you take your marriage forward. We're going to help you take your family forward those two days. Now, space is limited. It's $99 if you want to stay overnight. If you don't, you want to drive one of those days or both those days, you can. That's $50. I believe this investment is absolutely worth it for every family in this church right now because of what's going to happen here this weekend. Now, now, men, I want every man in the room to look me in the face. Men, men, men. Here we go. Men, ladies, ladies, talk amongst yourselves. Let me talk to the men. Guys, this is not me taking you to Buckhorn and putting you in marriage counseling so your wife can tell you how much you stink for two days. This is not couples therapy, all right? Man, we are moving forward. So men, men, don't even ask your wife if she wants to go. Sign her up. Just sign up. Don't get in the car. Baby, you want to go that marriage forward thing? You want to go? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Man, we're going to go, we're going to have a good time, we're going to eat some awesome food. Heck, man, we might blow stuff up. I don't know. Sign up. Listen, if you sign up, baby, I signed us up for that marriage forward. She will look at you and she will think, oh my gosh, you're so fine. Mm. Get over here and let's make out right now. You wait, you're laughing. You wait and see, you let me know. 
You let me know. Do it. Don't even ask. Men, sign you guys up. Do it. Do it. You can do it right now on our app. You can do it right now on our website. You can go out there at the welcome table and say, I want to sign up for Marriage Forward. Stick your chest up and take my wife to Marriage Forward. Woo! But you do that. Stuff matters, man. Stuff matters. Because God cares about your family. But here's what I want to say, and then we're done for today. This starts, starts, with, starts with me, and it starts with you. It starts with the grandparents. It starts with guardians. It start, you're here today. You're here today. Say, man, I don't know if this sermon was for me. I don't really, I don't have kids. There's some of you teachers. You are influencing the next generation. It starts with you. You know, you know, you know, younger generation, it starts with you. This starts with me. And so I have people tell me all the time, Mark, we started coming to church because we just knew something in our family needed to change. We thought we needed a little bit of God. We thought we needed to know more about God. And listen, I say that's awesome. That is so great. But can I tell you something? There is a massive difference between knowing about God and knowing God personally. You can't talk about somebody that you don't know. You can talk... All you need to know, all you need to talk to your kids about God, all you need is to talk to your kids about God is to know God. Period. That's it. Do you know God? Has God supernaturally set you free? All of a sudden, there's a new hunger to know a person that you've never seen physically, but man, you know he is real. You know that there is a God in heaven because you have met him. You have encountered him. Has that happened to you? Or do you just know about him? I want you to know today that you can move from knowing about God to knowing God right now. Right now. And you don't need to keep the Ten Commandments. And you don't need to come to church for a whole year. And you don't need to stop cursing and clean yourself off first. You just come to Jesus as you are. That's what you do. Say, well, I did this last night. Well, this is a new day. This is a new day. And you can know God right now in this moment if you reach out to him. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, that's, God, that's what we want. God, what we want is we want to know you. God, we're just reminded this morning that time is so short. And we don't get a lot. We don't get a lot of it. Some of us have less than we think. This is one of those moments that I pray we wouldn't let it pass us by. This could be a defining moment for a family where a dad steps up and says, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I want to follow God. This could be one of those moments where a mom just, just says, I want to know Jesus. I want to, I want to have him at the center of my life. This could be a defining moment for somebody in this room, God, that doesn't know you. And right now, they could ask you to come into your life, into their life, and and you will. So I pray we would not let this moment pass. It's too important. There's too many things at stake. This matters. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, would you just take a moment right now, if, if 
you have kids, grandkids, I want you to pray for them right now by name. I want you to pray for them right now by name, that they would grow up to be men and women of God. Maybe you don't have kids or grandkids. Maybe it's somebody lives down the street. Maybe you serve in Summit Kids, and there's a kid that for some reason is in your head right now, or you're you're a teacher, and there's just somebody that's at your school that's sticking out. I want you to pray for them right now by name. Just pray for them right now. Lift their names up to God. God, pray that they would love you. I pray that they would know you. I pray that they would grow up and be men and women of God. They would, that they would influence their school. They'd change the world. Just pray for them. And then I want you to pray, and I want you to just turn that prayer around and say, God, but it's got to start with my life. It's got to start with me. It's got to start with me. Just with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I'm not going to ask you to come up front today. I just, I just believe God might be doing something. I just want you to, I don't want you to move and miss it. But if you're sitting there, maybe God spoke to you today. You say, Mark, I want to put God at the center of my life. I don't feel like he is right now, and I want him at the center of my life. Would you just slip your hand up right now so I can pray for you? Just go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. There's a hand. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. God bless you for those hands. You put those hands down. And you just ask God, say, God, I want you at the center. I want, you put, I want to put you at the center of my life. And maybe you're here today and you don't know God. You're not a Christian. You're not saved. And right now I want you to know God loves you. And if you ask him to save you right now, that he will. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just invite you to pray this prayer with me today. Today you want to be saved and give your life to Jesus. Just pray. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you today for the very first time. Change me to make all things new inside my life and use me to make a difference in other people. I want you to be Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Nobody's looking around. Did you just pray that prayer though? Did you just give your life to Jesus? We do this every week, but if you you just pray to give your life to Jesus. Today, you just ask him to come into your life, save you for the first time. I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I say three, will you just put your hand in the air so that I can pray for you today? One, two, three. Right now, just raise your hand if that's you today. Today, say, I need God, and I want him to save me today. Just put your hand up high in the air if that's you. Just put your hand up high if that's you. God, we thank you that you are a God that calls us to to one of the most important things we could ever be called to, pass the faith on to the next generation. Pass on what you've done in our our lives to the next generation. God, we want to do that. God, we we want you to use our lives that other people would see Jesus, that the next generation would see Jesus in us. So it starts with us, Father. It starts right here in our hearts. Jesus, what we've done here today, don't let it die. Let it carry on. Follow us out. We'd be impacted by it this week and changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Summer, let's thank God for today. Let's thank God for today. And, and I'm going to uh, say, say something really quick. Um, uh, 
hey, if today's your very first time here, if today's your very first time at Summit, we'd love to uh, connect with you really quick at the welcome table. We got a free gift for you. But I would love if, if it's your second time, or like I said, you've been here a couple times. I've never met you. Hey, I'd love to meet you right here up front, just 10 minutes, probably even less than that. We call it First Step with Mark. I would love to connect with you. But listen, guys, uh, we're about to uh, make some major moves, major announcements with our building. Man, these are exciting times, and um, we're getting some things together, so I, I can really share it with you. Uh, but man, uh, be looking on social media this week, but there's a lot of great things that are coming. And so guys, I just, uh, man, thank you so much uh, for being here today. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Look at somebody say, you better be here next Sunday. Awesome. Boom. Awesome. Hey, you guys.